Welcome to the National Committee on U.S.-China Relations Interviews Podcast, a series of brief conversations with leading China experts on key issues in the Sino-American relationship. For more interviews, videos, and links to events, visit us at www.ncuscr.org. My name is Margot Landman, and I'm very pleased to be conducting the interview today. Rosie Levine is a senior program officer at the National Committee, where she works primarily on the public intellectuals program. About a year ago, she and a team of colleagues from the committee began a project funded by the Carnegie Corporation of New York to better understand the current state of the China field in the United States. The team sent a survey to 125 leading American nonprofit, academic, think tank, and research organizations that work with or study China. The results of the survey paint a vivid picture of the current state of American research and engagement with China. She joins us today to explain the results. Why was the survey conducted, Rosie? And what is the significance of its timing? Well, thank you, Marco. Um, this was um, a survey that is actually one of many surveys that the National Committee has conducted over the years, um, examining the state of the field and kind of looking at the patterns of um, change over time for organizations within the China field. So we conducted the survey uh, now because this was a um, part of the Carnegie Corporation of New York's periodic review of the field. And as part of that, we decided it would be a great opportunity to look at how the field of China studies is changing, especially in the context of the shifting dynamics in the US-China relationship. So the state of the relationship is changing and the organizations studying the relationship are changing as well. So we were looking at a set of organizations that look at peace and security and, and different aspects of China, but really this was an opportunity to take a look at the broader kind of snapshot of the landscape of organizations within this field and measure not only change over time um, from our previous surveys, but also see how they're adapting to the current environment. So um, on one hand, we, you know, we set this out in um, fall of 2020, which is a very unique type of snapshot, um, seeing the field under COVID, uh, the current geopolitical um, situation under the Trump administration, um, and a lot of um, pressures and, and um, stressors to the field that were very unique to 2020, uh, you know, when we sent the survey out. Yet it also gave us a really interesting glimpse into the larger patterns and trends that are emerging and currently unfolding in the field. And so, although it was a kind of unique moment in time, there are definitely a lot of uh, broader patterns that we can uh, look at for different aspects of, of the China field. Sounds like quite a project. How did you go about developing and conducting the survey? It was an undertaking. Um, so we began with a list that we had of organizations we had surveyed previously and um, into that list we um, did quite a lot of research and, and outreach to different organizations and individuals in the field as well as our own research at the committee to identify some new and up-and-coming organizations to include as well. So the full list of organizations, the 125 we surveyed, um, can be found in the survey report, so I encourage folks to take a look at that. The 82 responses that we received, a response rate of 66, um, comprise the results that we use to interpret for our findings. And 
So each of those organizations received a 33 question survey, um, which covered everything from staffing and budget to the political environment to how their work is shifting and changing. So it really was a comprehensive survey of these organizations. And what did you find? What did we learn from the responses? What were some of the major findings? Um, that's a great question. So um, we have um, a lot of findings that came out from the survey process and I you know, encourage people to take a look at the re report itself to go into more detail, but I'll give a very brief overview of some of the, the five key findings that we outline as an outcome from, from, our from our data. So the, the first key finding is that as interest in China is growing in the United States, there's more demand for content on China, which is a unique opportunity for the field. So um, one respondent called this a once in a generation opportunity to really um, have these organizations being able to inform the general public and policymakers on the dynamics of, of um, a changing relationship with China, which is very exciting. Um, so these new audiences include the policymakers and the general public, state and local governments, um, you know, new, new kind of ears uh, for um, people to hear more about the field and new approaches as well. So um, the field is shifting and adapting to these uh, increased opportunities. And yet with these opportunities also come new challenges. So the second key finding is that in China, the domestic environment for research is, is limiting the type of research and information that, that can come out of it. So many organizations are finding that their work, that it's increasingly inaccessible to access China, either the effects of policies or the NGO law or the national security law that came out in 2020 um, have made the work that they can do more constrained. And those who are able to go are finding that it's a more unsafe environment for them with more challenges and bureaucracy and also fears for their safety and detainment. And lastly, those who are able to go and who have choose to go find that it's not that safe enough for them to travel, find that the work is sometimes unproductive because the um, constraints on Chinese scholars and their interlocutors are now higher than they were before. So it's a kind of a constrained picture for those who are traveling to China from the US to do research in China. And yet the third key finding is that the same or similar kind of dynamics are unfolding for research in the US as well. So the Trump administration's management of the relationship at the time that we sent out the survey was placing a lot of scholars and institutions um, into a kind of constrained position with their ability to conduct research and bring scholars from China here to the US as well. That includes um, lack of access to visas, the disruption to the typical ways that scholars and academics could engage with those in China made it a very unstable environment for an exchange, making it hard to bring, you know, have like long-term partnerships and networks of scholars go back and forth. And um, the institutions themselves feel that, or those who work on China feel that their credibility is, uh, is under threat in the US when there's a lot of um, increased scrutiny towards work that's happening in China across the board. The fourth key finding is, is building on that and has a lot to do with the politicization politicization of the environment in the US. So the toxicity around the conversation in, um, in America about the relationship with China have made many scholars feel that their work is under attack and um, scholars of Asian descent or Chinese American descent feel that they are getting discriminated against in their work because they feel that they are um, being seen as suspect or that somehow lacking credibility uh, to contribute to an American conversation on China. Lastly, the, the, the last kind of major key finding um, that we identified in our survey is that the current environment in the US and the geopolitical relationship towards China has um, 
pushed everything that's happening in the China field towards this narrow lens of security. So many scholars feel that the concerns around, um, like the real genuine concerns about the security relationship with China have overshadowed some of the other components of understanding China in America. So with the narrow focus on security, it means other issues like um, culture and history and, and political understanding, all these other kinds of components of research on China have been um, sidelined to some extent when um, security has become the number one focus. So these key findings are only a part of what we um, you know, came up with through our, our, um, our survey results and interpretation of the data, but I think they paint a very um, uh, concerning picture for the future of the field and one that um, the field is under a lot more constraints and kind of political constraints than, than in previous years. And yet there is still quite a lot of exchange and work happening. So I think uh, to answer your question, Margo, those are some of the key findings from our, um, from our report. There have clearly been significant changes in the China studies field in recent years that came out through this survey. What do those changes mean for people who are not China scholars? for quote unquote regular Americans and their understanding of China? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I think you know we've all seen China is increasingly in the news these days and um, it's a country and a subject that most Americans I think want to know more about. And we there are all these headlines and, and um, stories that come out, but the kind of more long-term and deeper research to contextualize these stories often takes place in academic institutions, think tanks, and, um, and you know, nonprofits that work on China. So this more long-term um, and deeper research that usually happens through field work and interviews and, um, and more detailed kind of data analysis, um, this is the area that the subject, that was a subject of our survey, and this is, uh, these are the areas that are increasingly um, facing a lot of challenges. So, um, as Americans are striving to understand and learn more about China, it's exactly now that they're facing, that these organizations are facing more, more challenge and more pressure. So I think this really is important for regular Americans, regular Americans to understand um, as we think about American understanding on China. And this is a um, set of, you know, a set of organizations that can really stand to help Americans interpret and understand China as our countries become increasingly intertwined. So um, helping to reduce the pressures on research and academic understanding um, stands to benefit American understanding on China. I might add, if I may, that we China policy, US policy toward China has a direct impact on Americans, whether it's through trade or business or other aspects of the relationship. And China policy, one hopes, is informed by the work that academics and think tanks and other organizations do. Exactly, yeah. There's a lot of ways that this information moves outside of the um, institutions or the reports where it lives into the you know, into the public and into policy. And it really helps um, Americans through many different channels to better understand China, the more this work can happen, um, you know, in a unconstrained way. 
Thank you, Rosie. I think we've come to the end of our time. Very interesting interview. And I encourage people to take a look at the report, which has many meaty details that we didn't get to today. Thank you, Margo. For more interviews, videos, and links to events like this one, visit us at www.ncuscr.org.